The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast, and I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. Boy, this bye week has been good for me. I hope it's been good for you, too. It's very nice, and it's been very friendly to the Oakland Raiders. Well, in some ways, it has. We got some stories for y'all right here on show 254. Yes, Ritter Nation, uh, this has been a very nice bye week. A chance to rest your emotions, put your heart back in your chest, relax, watch everybody else stress out for a change. I love it. Also, I had the flu, the H1N1, I think that's what it was. Holy guacamole. Stay away from that there, because it's no fun. I'm just feeling good right now, and that was a real biatch, if you know what I'm saying. Well, without further ado, let's get to what we got on the show for today. We got tribute to Al Davis. Why? <laughs> Cable flew over the cuckoo's nest. We got to hit that for sure because you know there's a buzz about Cable's mental state. Could you question it? You think? <laughs> A short one here on fan versus fan. Yeah, Oakland fan versus Oakland fan. When times are tough, things get ugly, and I'm going to put some things to rest right here. And then, of course, we'll hit Queef the Chiefs. The Chiefs are coming into town. You know the Raider Nation. we got to come back, circle the wagons, and start kicking some acelito. Let's hope we can beat our division rivals two times in one season. That would be at least a walk or a step or a motion in the right direction. I would be doing a post-game for the San Diego Chargeless, Nutless, Boatless Chargers, but we lost. And we lost for the same reason we've lost every other game this season. We have no offense. And uh, need I say more about that? (laughs) I don't even want to think about it. we got a new season coming up. We're going to hit on that. And before we get into that, Raiders picked up William Joseph again. We picked him up from the Giants last year, dropped him twice, picked him up again, and uh, we let Paul McQuiston go. That's right. The Red Mullet's out and William Joseph is in, and he might help to complement that defensive line. Let's hope so. Let's hope he's motivated uh, and agitated and ready to go to work against the Queefs this weekend. Uh, One other thing I wanted to mention, Ricky's Sports Bar in lovely San Diego, California. Be there from London. The Crusader Raider blows into town. That's right. Him and Big Raider Dave coming from London to see the Raiders. Not the first time. The guy's traveled many, many times and deserves all the props. Be there to support him. We're going to be there. We got fans showing up from New York and all over. Check it out. Be there. Be square. We're going to be there. It's going to be a hell of a party. The alcohol will be flowing, if you know what I mean. That's correct. So, 
Ricky Sports Bar Grill the night before the big game against the Kansas City Queefs. Get your ass in there. Have some fun. Meet up with us. Check out some video. It'll be fun, man. Don't be late. And that's all I got to say about that. With a resume like no other in the history of professional football, Al Davis has the ability to pull from experiences of being a head coach, general manager, league commissioner, and owner. For nearly five decades, Al Davis has helped redefine America's game. When I was 18, I was already in college, and uh, I just understood that there was more to it than just running the football. There was a passing game. I wanted to run the ball, but I wanted to be able to threaten vertically the defense and put the fear of God in it. Currently referred to as the vertical game, this entertaining style of play attracted fans to the AFL and helped the league receive its first major television contract. As the mastermind of many fundamentals used today, Davis has shown a natural ability for innovation. The defining moment of the American Football League took place in 1966 during Al Davis's tenure as commissioner while in the office of Bills owner Ralph Wilson. The Giants just signed Pete Godelak. And Ralph says, what? Now Pete Godelak was a guy who was under contract to uh, the Bills and they signed him. They broke the rules. The rules between the two leagues, we wouldn't sign each other's players. And that's when I said to uh, Ralph, Ralph, don't get upset. You just got to merge it. I flew back to New York. The press was so heavy, it was like a war zone. What are you going to do about it? I said, don't worry. I'm going to do plenty about it. And I started to uh, put into place the signing of quarterbacks, players. Over half of the starting quarterbacks from the NFL joined the AFL, including standouts John Brody and Roman Gabriel. The recruitment plan set forth by Al Davis forced the NFL to concede and call the merger of the two leagues. In 1968, Davis was asked by then-NFL Commissioner Pete Rozelle to join the competition committee alongside Vince Lombardi, Tex Schramm, and Paul Brown. Names were put on the back of jerseys, official time was added to the scoreboard clock, and after extensive research, the league would later adopt the two-point conversion. They moved the goalpost to the back of the end zone, and kickoffs were now from the 35-yard line. All discussions favored by Al Davis during his stint on the committee. It's efforts like these that have helped the NFL become the league it is today. And for Raiders owner Al Davis, the term commitment to excellence has far exceeded not only his passion for the silver and black, but for the game of professional football. At the end of the uh, 65 season, as it was winding down, Wayne Valley came to me and said, look, we're going to need a commissioner. And I thought he was going to ask me for a recommendation. And he said, uh, how would you feel about being commissioner? We got to get somebody who knows how to fight, who isn't afraid of the National Football League, and who knows how to get players. 
Yes, Al Davis became the commissioner of the American Football League in 1965, but his first entry into professional football began back in the 1950s with the Baltimore Colts as a scout. And then he entered the American Football League in that very first year in 1960 as an assistant coach for Sid Gilman's Chargers, joined the Raiders in 63 as a head coach. You know the story, commissioner for a couple of months, came back as the general manager, the owner. You can make the point that Al Davis is the most influential figure in the American Football League's history. Recently, I had a chance to visit Mr. Davis in his office, and he told us some great stories that he's never told anybody before. And for the next hour, you will learn about the great life and impact Al Davis has had on the NFL and the AFL. Coming up, one of the greatest defenders to have ever roamed the secondary, George Atkinson. Mr. Davis was smart in a sense. He understood exactly what type of athletes he needed. The all-time leading rusher for the American Football League, the man who helped redefine the running back position, Clem Daniels. Not only did we have the capabilities as far as players here in the NFL, but our systems were a lot more advanced than the NFL. Tom Flores, the quarterback of the Raiders during the famous 1963 turnaround season. So he was fullbacks, halfbacks, wide receivers, tight ends. Everybody was involved in the passing game. But when we return, a 10-time American Football League All-Star, the great double-zero, Jim Otto. A tribute to the AFL and Al Davis and his innovations and his cutting-edge coaching it's quite, uh, it's quite impressive, actually, and it's very cool for the Raider Nation to understand its roots and where the Raiders came from, from 1963, turning things around, being innovative, and changing how the NFL does everything. This has been the Raiders. This is why we are Raider Nation. This is why Raider fans are the best fans in sports, because we understand the great history involved with this team and Mr. Davis, of course. Uh, it's not lost on him. I do give the man a load of crap. Not that he doesn't deserve it, for sure, uh, especially lately. But, uh, you know, you got to look at this thing and see. You know, the, the thing, it, it's on Raiders.com, by the way. Click and pick that video. It's a great video. Greg Papa is the host, and it's very, very cool. And I encourage all the Raider Nation to get on in there and look at it. The only thing I wanted to bring up about the video was it was sad that this video had to come out at this point in the season, at this point in the Raiders' history, where we're having so much trouble, so much chaos in the front office. And uh, it's a shame because it really puts a, it puts a dampener on, on the way you, you kind of take it. Because it's sad to see this man, Al Davis, in his youth, moving and shaking and making it happen. You know this guy was a wheeler dealer, slick wheeler. And I love it. And I love that about the man. And uh, he took care of business in all kinds of ways, uh, broke all kinds of grounds, uh, new ground in hiring practices. And uh, it's, uh, you know what? The guy's got a great heart. And I just wish that he would uh, <laughs> come back to where he was back in 1963. <laughs> it's a different league. It's a different age. But uh, it was sad to see that go on here because you just look at what's been happening lately and it's a doggone shame. But Raider Nation, check it out. It's worth seeing. Uh, it gave me some motivation. It made me realize again 
that the great history of the Raiders is something to be proud of and something to uh, to really tell other people about that I'm sure they don't know it. So uh, check it out and understand the facts and who did what and why and how we became the Raider Nation. And that is that. All right. <laughs> I'm sure it's because I'm post-flu, but please, Cable flew over the cuckoo's nest. Cuckoo! Caca! Oh, gosh. I think he's dangerous. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, you guys do nothing but complain about how you can't stand it in this place here, and then you haven't got the guts just to walk out? I mean, what do you think you are, for Christ's sake, crazy or something? Well, you're not. Oh, yes, Tom Cable can't stay out of the news. Leaping from one frying pan to the next, hot foot after another, one story blending into the next, the dysfunction just never seems to amaze me. (laughs) I gotta laugh, man, you gotta laugh. Come on now. Here's our coach who was involved in a beatdown of a dude. Yes, that's the Hanson case. And then, of course, his wife, he slapped a hoe that back in 20 years. Then he slapped another hoe, his girlfriend. And there's allegations he'd been slapping hoes for a while. And uh, Al Davis was surely in his corner after the Hanson deal broke and stayed with him. And you could tell the cable was truly secure in his position, very confident in his press conferences. But now, now the worm has turned. Tom Cable does not seem to be quite so confident in his position in Oakland and is kind of uh, stressed to a different degree because of the recent allegations of beating his woman, slapping her and hitting her with a closed fist. There's some serious stuff going on there, and you know the NFL ain't going to hang for that crap from any team. They are all about image, and the image of Cable slapping a hoe Ain't one they want on the Wheaties box, if you know what I'm saying. That's correct. The other thing that's used, blatantly obvious, that Al Davis has slowly but surely crept out of Cable's corner, and he's kind of standing there in a spotlight by his lonesome. A lot of speculation here, Raider Nation, about whether he's going to be around. Well, I neither know whether he will stay or go, My inkling is he will probably have to go because the heat from this, from the office and the league and the Players Association really will drive him right out of the office, you know, and not winning doesn't help. If Al Davis can find a way not to pay him because he's such a bonehead, well, you think he'll do it? You think Al will pull the trigger for cause and fire this guy? Well... Stranger things have happened, it's hard to believe, but stranger things might continue to happen with Tom Cable. Stay tuned. Amy Trask has been in charge of the investigation and is hand-in-hand working with the NFL to see whether Tom is worthy of a punishment or not. That's kind of funny. The first thing they did was hire a bunch of independent physicians. You know, these guys are... (laughs) <laughs> Birkenstock were and psychologists and sociologists and uh, psychotherapists and 
Well, you name it. There's going to be a, a bunch of guys standing there making a bunch of money asking Cable when's the last time he beat his dog and then when he last time he beat his meat and the last time he beat his wife. Uh, the questions are surreal. If you've ever taken one of those psychological exams, I mean, the questions are crazy, 400, 600 questions, and they are crazy questions. You know, do you love your mother or how, how much do you really want to love your mother? Just some just bizarre, bizarre questions. I've had those questions asked. I've been through those those interviews before uh, for certain jobs. And let me tell you, it's not fun. And Cable will not have any fun with this plethora of physicians <laughs> coming down on him. And like I said, man, I'll tell you, if Al ain't in your corner and this at this at this point, especially being two and six. If he don't ramp up eight wins, then we, he's in trouble, a heap of trouble. But honestly, it's, it's hard enough to be a head coach in the NFL. It's a tough job. And then you're also the offensive coordinator. Right. And then you also have the slap a hoe charge on you and the beat down of your assistant on you. And then you have the two and six on you. Well, that's a whole lot of bullshit. Uh, to deal with when you have so much responsibility. And you can you wonder why the team is floundering? Can you wonder about the play calling? I don't wonder at all. I just wonder when Cable's going to have to get fired so we can get somebody else in here. Hopefully, it won't be some rookie coach out of a Division three school, some no-name, somebody who's never done the job, someone who will have to learn on the job, we need a seasoned veteran coach with solid gold credentials. Al, pay this man, whoever it may be. And that is all I have to say about that. Born under a bad sign. I've been down since I began to crawl. Well, Raider Nation, once again at this ugliest time of year, and I don't mean the season. I don't mean the weather. I just mean with a 2-6 and six record that the Raiders are struggling with and more like the Raider Nation is struggling with. It is time for Raider fans to bash each other for each one's Raiderdom. I am a better fan because, and you're not a fan because, and you're not as good a fan because. You know, there's so many different kinds of Raider fans and whether or not you stick by the team, no matter what, you drink the Kool-Aid, you, you believe everything they say, or you're skeptical beyond belief, or you just watch them uh, because you've given up already, whatever, whatever it may be, whether you don't even follow them right now because they're so disgustingly bad. But you're Raider Nation. When the news comes on and they say Raiders, you perk up, your ear kind of picks up, your eye moves to the TV, you pay attention because you're Raider Nation. 
Now, I've been accused of not being a Raider fan because I've been, you know, against Al, or I've been very skeptical or very negative, too. I've been, I've been bashed for being the negative Raider fan. <laughs> well, man, it's a bullshit. You know, because I'm just one of the millions of types of fans there are in the Raider Nation, and I'm just doing my thing just like I'm doing my thing. And you can do your thing. Because as far as I'm concerned, a Raider fan is a Raider fan. And uh, they can be a part-time Raider fan or a bandwagon fan. That's fine, because when we start to win, you know there's going to be a million people coming out of the closet that always say, oh, yeah, I'm Raider Nation. They'll be painted up and all kinds of other bullshit. I don't care. I don't care about that. I don't care who's a better fan. And it doesn't matter to me if you're a shitty fan or, you're a, or a good fan or a great fan. What matters to me is that you are a fan and that as a fan, perhaps at the bus stop, I could talk Raider football. Perhaps at a Cal game, I could talk Raider football. Perhaps at the supermarket. Because you're a Raider fan, and we can commiserate or be joyous in a victory, whatever it may be, uh, gripe about the coach, or sing praises to him, whatever it may be, wherever you are in the entire world, you will find something, and that thing will be another Raider fan. He might not be the best Raider fan, he might not be the worst Raider fan, but he would be a Raider fan, and you guys will get together and have a Raider moment. I love it. And that's what I love about the Raider Nation. And that is that. Well, Raider Nation, are you ready to see the condiments come to town? Let's queef the Chiefs! That's white, right, Raider Nation. The Kansas City Chiefs are coming into town, and they're looking for some sweet revenge. On their home opener this year, Randy and I sat patiently, and I do mean patiently in the crowd, as the Chiefs rolled up 400 yards against the Oakland Raiders, and the Raiders pathetically squeezed out 150, and luckily were victorious in the contest. It was a great game to see. The fans were tremendous. The crowd was awesome. The Kansas City Chief fans are very gracious. Uh, I talked about this game before. Randy and I were there. And the funny thing about it was down to the wire to the last Darren McFadden touchdown. It's a dive outside the flip to McFadden, and he's in for a touchdown! Touchdown! Raiders! They fake the dive to O'Neal, the pitch to McFadden out left, a play the Raiders ran here in Kansas City a year ago. The final only, one and only drive of the game, uh, we thought we were going to get our our butts handed to us. We thought we were going to lose. If not for a comical set of errors on the Chiefs' side, crucial penalties 
dropped passes and fumbled, fumbled footballs. It sounds like us, really, huh? The Chiefs would have slattered us. Slaughtered us big time right in their own house on their opening game, but it was not to be. Because as Randy and I sat there and watched our team rumble down the field amazingly, led by Jamarcus or Jabusto Russell, amazingly completing passes, I don't know how. Uh, one of the fans there was saying in front of Randy, we got this, we got this. I remember Randy saying, leaning down and going, well, there's a lot of times we think we got this, and we don't think that way anymore. We don't think about we got this until after the last second rolls off the clock, baby. I can tell you that for sure. It was exciting to be there. It was a great victory in the last seconds. Of course, the Raiders had their hand all the way up your ass onto your heart, ready to rip it out. You could feel it. You could feel it rumbling on there, uh, but it did not happen. The Raiders did win the game. Uh, It was a great game for us because, you know, it ain't cheap flying across the country. Now they're coming to town. They're coming to Oaktown for a little bit of Condiment payback is what they're thinking. And they have the players to do it. Now the Kansas City Chiefs are 1-7, and and we're 2-6. and Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that we're both struggling organizations, struggling teams. But in our last contest, they more than doubled our yardage in a game. And like I said, if not for some bloops and blunders, they would have beat us, without a doubt. Matt Castle is a gamer, the complete opposite of Jamarcus Russell and a great leader of his team. You could see it on the field. You could see that he motivates his players. Disgusting. Makes me sick about Jabusto. Makes me sick to walk and watch him play. Just don't get me started because I'll fucking flip out. Now, get this, man. They got Chris Chambers. They got Chris Chambers from San Diego, and he is a great player. He's a great wide receiver. Ugh, why didn't we pick up that guy? That blows me away that we let him slip down to the Kansas City Queefs. Along with him and Dwayne Bowe, our defensive backs are going to have their hands full. And the reason they'll have their hands full is because they have a guy named Kobe Smith and Jamal Charles, who actually is the biggest threat. Larry Johnson got dumped by the team last week. And everyone's saying, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Well, he hurt us in that last game. But Jamal Charles was no slouch. He was right there with him. And he will pick up the rock and roll. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs know that we're a weak run defense. And they will try to run their ass on us like they did in their home opener. Like I said, they can put up some points if they stop shooting themselves in a foot. We, on the other hand, don't have a foot. We have a stump on the end of a six foot six, 290 pound slob with a cannon arm. Now, yes, I'm going to be a little hard on the boy, but he deserves it after three seasons in the NFL. An extremely big, fat disappointment, if I may say so. The one thing that's going to help us is our running game because the Chiefs have a hard time stopping the run along with us. Very familiar. Justin Fargus got to be in the picture. Now, before I go too much into 
the players of the game that we need. Our coach Cable, yes, the slap that guy has been using the excuse of injuries this season. Now, we've had a lot of injuries, and yes, there's been one that I think is big. Well, maybe two. Shillings was big, and Gallery was big. But if we look at it realistically, Shillings, who I have a lot of hope in, has 15 career catches, folks. Career. So it's not like he's Timmy Brown, but he is wearing number 81, and he looks like he could be another Tim Brown. I have a lot of hope for this kid in this game. If he can play like he did before he got injured and keep that ball going downfield, we might, and I mean might, have some first downs and some actual real yardage uh, to show in the air. That's if, of course, our quarterback can get the ball to him. On that note, of course, we have to go along with the other injuries that we've had. Robert Gallery. Gallery is back, and he actually, when he left, it made a big difference in our running game. We went to nothing, and have had done nothing uh, since, since he was gone. So we need to have him come back and come back as a solid guard, being able to move that pocket, move that line, and hopefully protect your Marcus for the 10 seconds he needs to decide who he wants to throw the ball to. Now, Green, Colonel Green, uh, he's been out. And if Cable's talking about him as being a guy that was a problem uh, and, and that he was a big pro- reason why we're 2-6, and six, that's some bullshit because he gave up a bunch of sacks. And if I'm not mistaken, his false starts are insane, the most in the, in the team, I know. So, you know, Cornell Green, yeah, 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 but please, it's not like he was a diamond ever. And Fadden is back in this game, and that's a good thing, and I'm glad he's back. But let's look at it, man. He's fumbled four times in 54 touches. That's not really good. It's not terrible, but it's not really good. Now, he's not a reliable every down back. That's why Fargus and Bush are going to have to stay in there and do the right thing. I'm hoping with Gallery back and Green back, who knows, maybe the duo, the two of them, can pop some holes and we can bust a run and take care of some business. The other guy that was hurt was Miller. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Gable's using the fact that Nick Miller was hurt, and that's why we're 2-6. and six. Come on, Cable. Don't be so basic. That's right. The injuries in this team did not affect this team, should never have affected this team to the degree that it did, if it did. And the fact that Cable is using that as an excuse, that's some bullshit. And uh, don't drink that fucking Kool-Aid because it's bullshit. Now we have to look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They're coming in here and they're ready to play. Uh, Chris Chambers and Dwayne Bow, like I said, they're good players, and their defense is not half bad against the pass. So the run game looks like it's it for both sides. I'm hoping, because Matt Castle can th- throw the rock. We know that. We've seen him do it, and he put us some good yardage. The Chiefs can move the ball. Now, can the Raiders move the ball? That's the question. We are at home, and it is a home game. If the team rises to the occasion and we get some good play out of our defense, and we can stuff the run and Kansas City and keep them from making the big plays, we can win this game. But it's not a walk in the park. 
The game before was certainly not a walk in the park. It was a victory, but it was a little disappointing, to say the least. The performance of the team was horrible except for the last drive, and that can't happen. One thing I hope is that Jamarcus backed away from the table and put the fork down, stopped drinking, and uh, focused on keeping in shape, doing in shape, studying the playbook, and getting ready for this game. I hope the rest of the team did as well. Hard to say, hard to know. We will all find out on the 15th at 1 o'clock what this team is all about. At least in the second half of the season, Cable's on the hot seat. The team has to get moved. Things have to happen. I'm, uh, I'm thinking we can win this game, but I'm certainly not confident that we will. I'm hoping that we will. It all depends on the supersized quarterback we have and whether he can move his fat ass fast enough. Let me just say this, too. Raider Mike put up this video on YouTube. It's fabulous. It's a great, great video. It's funny as hell. It's on Jamarcus Russell. Uh, Raider Mike, you kicked ass, dude. It's great. You can find it on the forum, uh, Raider Nation Podcast Forum. It's on there on a link. You can go to YouTube. Either way, look for it. Raider Mike's Jamarcus Russell video. It is hilarious. One thing I did notice about the video was the difference in play from LSU to the pros. Twice as fast at LSU, twice as fast in his progression, twice as fast in the way he moved his feet, twice as fast looking at the pocket, being having pockets, more pocket awareness. I can't even tell you it looked like two different quarterbacks. So all you Raider fans who think he's going to get better, look at what he was at LSU, look at what he has been in Oakland, and you tell me which way the worm has turned for this character. I say he's a complete busto, and I can't wait to see him pack his ass in that white Rolls Royce of his and send it shipped out to someplace else, probably not another team, probably to a restaurant somewhere. And uh, I hate to be so negative, man, but that's the facts. We can win this game. I say let Gradkowski or Fry play as first-string quarterback. We will win this game. If you let Jamarcus play, well, it's a crapshoot, and I can stand behind that 110%. We need a quarterback. That's what we need here in Oakland. We need a quarterback, and we need wide receivers. But most of all, we need an accurate quarterback that will give these guys an opportunity to catch a ball uh, instead of... DHB, or I'm calling him now, I'm calling him GHB now because he's too high. And he thinks, there's another article that came out recently, that he's a solid receiver. Yeah, he's solid, all right. He's like a solid piece of crap you can't get out of your ass. It hurts, and it hurts to watch it come out, just like when he comes on the field. GHB is all about a bust as far as I'm concerned at this point in his career, he shows nothing as, and no improvement and no change in what's going on with him. And uh, not as bad as Jabusto, but please, a close second, to say the least. Uh, Miller has been a great thing, of course. Uh, Zach Miller. We have Stewart. We have, we have some people that can catch the ball. We got Schillens back. We got, we got some people that can make things happen if our quarterback can make things happen. That means no lumbering. That means moving quickly. That means having some pocket presence. I mean, it's the broken record. Yes, I'm beating this proverbial dead horse, Jabusto, but man, 
He deserves a beating. And I'll tell you, Campbell should slap that bitch like he did his own. Then no one would give him any shit. That's for sure. That's the game. I say the Raiders win by a field goal or maybe two by six. Um, that's what I prediction is at home. Let's hope it comes true. I'd love to see it be more, but if we can squeak out a six-point win, I'd be happy to see it because uh, because that's where we are. I hope the team comes out and played hard, plays with heart, and the defense steps up to the plate, and they play with some consistency, and they play with some passion, and they play with some energy, and they play like they should fucking play when they're on their home field. That's what I'm talking about. And that is all I have to say about that. All right, let's get to the bone line. Bad to the bone. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Raid a nation. You know you want to say it. You know we want to hear it. Get on it. That's what I'm talking about. The bone line is next right here on our show. And our first caller of the day, new caller, Raider Greg, from Simi Valley. What do you got to say, my brother? Hey, Raider Nation, Raider Greg. This is Greg from Simi Valley. Well, that was not what I was expecting to see from the Raiders Sunday against the Jets. I was happy until they received the ball on the kickoff, started with a penalty, pushed them back to the... 10-yard line. And what do we know? We go and go and throw a pass on the first play, and guess what happens? Turnover. Before you can blink your freaking eye, it's 7-0 Jets. I just can't believe it. That was my first Raider home game. Took the wife up there. We drove up there. Oh, brother, I'll never drive again. Trust me. So, anyways, it was not a good day at all. So anyway, just wanted to give you guys a call. I'm still a Raider fan. Always will be. Just really frustrating seeing Dr. Jekyll show up. Or was it Mr. Hyde? Who the fuck knows? Anyways, as always next week, hopefully the good Raider team will show up instead of the shit that showed up on Sunday. Take care. You guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. Go Raiders! Well, you know you can't blame that on Jamarcus. You can't blame that bad quarterback play on him. It's the team. That's what he'd like you to believe. And basic cable. Sorry you went all that way for that, brother, but the parking lot should have made up for it at least a little bit. It's lovely to see the sea of silver and black out there on a home game, though. I hope you come back next time fly. It'll be easier if we lose. (laughs) Thanks for the call, brother. We have the nature boy. That's right, man. Okay, brother, let us hear the wisdom. Raider Nation, what is up? This is the nature boy. It is Raider Josh. So let's go ahead and just start with fucking Jamarcus. I'm not even going to call him Jamoney anymore because he's not money. He's fucking garbage. His name should be just shit because that's exactly what he fucking is. Shit. 
his route progression, looking out, you know, wide receivers is just horrible for an NFL quarterback. He doesn't feel any pressure whatsoever. I mean, if you're in the pocket for, you know, four or five seconds and a single receiver is not open, you need to get the fuck out of there. Stop sitting in the fucking pocket, taking sacks, and losing the goddamn ball. You know, and to top that off, when he does escape out of the pocket, the dude wants to try to make these, you know, laser-like throws. I mean, obviously he's got the arm, but the accuracy is just horrendous. $32.5 million guaranteed. I mean, shit, we're locked with this guy, and that's what fucking sucks. I mean, Jeff Garcia is looking phenomenal right about now, but that dude doesn't even want to come back to the fucking squad. So, I mean, really, where do you go with that? DHB, fuck, dude. You cannot be any worse of a fucking bust than I've ever seen. You are one of the worst wide receivers to come out of the game right now. If I'm GM, I fucking switch your contract with Lewis Murphy's. At least that guy is willing to go over the middle, take a hit, and he can hold the fucking ball. Dude, you let a touchdown pass go right through your hands. You get up and you cry to the fucking referees that there was some kind of flag that needed to be thrown. The flag should have been thrown on you because you are fucking shit. Chaz is out still. I say you throw Javon in and you throw Lewis Murphy in. Go with, you know, a shotgun formation. Javon on one side. You know, a Zach over there with him when he's in, you know, the slot. You got Lewis Murphy on the other side. And when you have Zach in his, you know, the tight end position, you throw DHB and you fucking decoin him as a post because at least he's got that kind of speed to, you know, maybe suggest something might be going down the field. And with, you know, Jamarcus's arm, we all know he can throw the ball. How accurate? That's the fucking question. So, Raider Greg, love to hear what you have to say. You know, I don't know if we start fucking playing for the draft next year. I don't know what we fucking do in the draft next year. Do we go after fucking maybe Sam Bradford, Tim Tebow, Colton McCoy, or do we go with offensive line? Do we go with defensive line? Do we go with wide fucking receivers? I mean, what the fuck do we do now? It's kind of, you know, the defense, fuck, you know what, that's it. I'm out. Yeah, well, you know, Jamarcus, he's the dead horse everybody loves to beat. Because we've been beating him this whole time, ain't going to make any difference. He's our man as long as Al thinks he can. And as far as uh, DHB, he said he was a solid receiver this week. That makes me choke. Because it makes me choke more than he chokes. He is the worst wide receiver, worst route runner. He's a pathetic. Another waste of money. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what else to say. Other than those two facts, everybody else knows them as well. And as far as the draft is concerned, and what are we going to do about that? Well, here's what we do. We hire a general manager and a legendary or a coach that has some type of positive resume in the NFL. Someone who's recently been working in the NFL with success. Let's start there, and everything else should follow. Thanks for the call, brother. And next, we have one of our very favorite <laughs> callers. One of mine for sure, man. The Surface Raider. He's from the UK, and he's got something to say. And I'll tell you this. <laughs> you got to listen, man. Hey, Raider Greg, Randy. Surface Raider calling from England. And 
couple of thoughts on the game. One, Kurt Morrison. Kurt Morrison is fucking playing badly at the moment. And uh, he's getting away with it because the rest of the team are underperforming and he's under the radar. But uh, he's not reading any plays. He's getting himself in the wrong position. I don't know if the guy can read a fucking book, but he can't read a play. Morrison, I'm fucking watching you, sunshine. Sort your act out. Now, my positive thought for the week, and I have got one. Um, as far as I'm concerned, we're halfway through the season, guys. And um, we are one scoring play busted and one stopping run busted away from being a 4-4 four four football team. Um, and that is halfway to being an 8-8 eight eight football team. And I don't think it will take very many changes um, in, in attitude or personnel for this team to turn the corner. Now, sadly, I don't know if we're going to see it this season, but I'm sure we will see some change next season. I think it will only be a change for the better. But I'll caveat that with what is my sneaking doubt about this. And it came about after I heard a couple of people unbelievably saying, I thought Jamarcus Russell was all right on Sunday. Then fucking what? Were we watching the same game of football? This guy is the worst fucking quarterback I've ever seen. And I can't believe that anybody, including fucking him, can fail to see this. Um, yeah, I can see I could see why the organisation is sticking with him this year. And to an extent, they have to. But after that, fuck no. Um, but I have a fear. My fear is that he puts together some kind of fucking spurt at the end of the year. Looks half good and the cry of we've got to stay on the Jamarcus goes up. And we have to go through another fucking year of this bullshit while he blows us apart. Um... But you might have picked up, guys, there are quite a lot of silver and black fans over here in uh, in the UK, and I think all we should do is we should have a big silver and black party. Big screens, and show the old Super Bowl films on, it'd be great. Bar, good beer, good bands, have a raffle, it'll be a great night, we'll raise a ton of money. The winner of the raffle gets an all-expenses-paid trip to sunny Napa to see the training camp, see a few of the players, it'll be a great experience. And then he's going to fucking beat Jamarcus Russell to death with a 12-inch rubber cock wrapped in a black number two shirt so that the useless, blind, incompetent, stupid motherfucker can see how we feel every fucking Sunday. Take that and stick it, Jamarcus Russell. Anyway, I've calmed down now. Thank you for that, Raider Greg. Thank you for giving me the outlet. Guys, keep up the good work. I love the podcast. Go Raiders. I'm out. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> You'd be raising a whole lot of fucking money, partner. And I'll tell you another thing. Anybody using the black 12-inch cock dildo uh, to beat your Marcus Russell will definitely raise some money. <laughs> I think that's priceless, dude. And that's kind of how we all feel. And uh, get that raffle together because I'll throw some money in on that one right there. Thanks for the call again, man. That's perfect. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we have Rada Sid, who is actually at Qualcomm Stadium, and he was kind of pumped up. And yes, of course, he's talking about the fans in San Diego. What the fuck's up, Raider Nation? Forget about last week's fucking debacle. Chargers are fucking going down. We're in the fucking parking lot here? It is fucking weak. They do not know how to party. I wouldn't even be able to make this fucking call if I was in Oakland. All right, I'm checking in after the game. Raider Nation, come on, let's go. Show the fuck up. Well, there you have it. You know, the funniest thing is he never called back. <laughs> Need I say more? Okay, who's next? We have my good brother, Eric, from Los Angeles. 
What do you got to say, man? Hey, Ritter Greg. This is Eric from L.A., man. Hey, uh, great biz you're doing. Either way, here's my take. I want to say the game was okay. I mean, expected a win, but I'm glad it wasn't a blowout. Um, got to give it up to two players. Justin Fargus, biggest heart on the team. Cut out a little bit of his and give it to Jamarcus Busto because he's just a POS. And uh, maybe he can even share a little bit of skill with Lewis Murphy and um, Darius Haywood Bay. God, they blow. Did you see them run into each other? Weak. Either way, I have one thing that I'm looking forward to. My three-year-old daughter is going to be a Raider fan. And by the time she understands football and wins and losses, that Al Davis will not be part of our organization. And let her tell you. Go Raiders. Go Raiders. And that's my little baby right there, man. Either way, Raiders till I die. And uh, and to my three-year-old daughter, she's going to see the Raiders winning by the time Al Davis is out of our organization. Hey, Eric from L.A. That's sad but true, and I hope your three-year-old daughter sees it before she's five because that will be bad for the rest of us. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for the call, man. Yeah, as far as, well, Lewis Murphy's pretty good. He's salvageable, but GHB, that's some bullshit. All righty, who's next on the line? My very good brother. Semper Fi, brother. Raul Oliveros from Southgate. Raider Nation, or should I just say Nation. What's going on? Raul Oliveros here from Southgate, California. And I'm just calling in because the first half of the season is done for us. We're 2-6. We're only a slight bit better than Kansas City. And we suck. Now we got two weeks to prepare against somebody. And for these last eight games, we suck. Now, I don't feel too bad now that I didn't make the trip down south to San Diego. Because it wouldn't have been a worthwhile trip. We got to do something with Jamarcus Russell. He straight out sucks. I don't know why they let go of Garcia. Before the season started, they should have kept him. He should have been our quarterback right now, not this sorry sack. But what can we do, Raider Nation? It is what it is. I'm glad you guys are keeping the faith. I'm glad you guys are still listening to the podcast. I know I haven't chimed in in a while, but (laughs) what can you say when you're getting your ass whooped every week? There's really not much to say, you know? You guys are saying everything that exactly the the way I feel about this fucked up team. I really wish that during these next two weeks we fire fucking Cable and we hire fucking Chucky. Chucky and Bruce Allen. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way. If I am, I sure would like to know. Anyways, guys, looking forward to the holiday season. At least I'm spending it with my family. We'll be talking about USC. We'll be talking about the Lakers. Oh, my bad. USC lost, too. We'll be talking about them. We ain't going to be talking about the Raiders because with our luck, we'll probably get the first pick again this year. Anyways, Raul Oliveros, and I'm out. 
Well, Raul, the reason we didn't keep Garcia is because they did not want a good number two. He wanted to play. They didn't want to keep him because they knew that nothing would do nothing. And they, the Raider Nation would be screaming for Garcia to start. And they knew that if he started, that Jamarcus would sit on the bench because he's a better quarterback than Jamarcus. And that's why he's gone. That's an Al Davisism, by the way. That's a very Al move right there. Crystal clear as cellophane. Thank you very much. And there's been a lot of talk about Chucky coming back with Bruce Allen. I would love it. The whole nation would really love it. Don't hold your breath. Here's why it won't happen. Al Davis will never pay Chucky what he gets right now on Monday Night Football. Um, Being an analyst, never pay as much. He'll never pay close to as much. And he won't take Bruce Allen back. And Bruce Allen might not even want to come back with those two scumbag, nut-sucking assholes, uh, Taylor and Herrera in the office that are that stab his back, who stabbed Bruce Allen in the back and Chucky in the back the entire time they were in the organization. No, no, no. They're not coming back because Al's too cheap. He won't admit he's wrong. And he certainly doesn't want to be upstaged again by Chucky. He can't handle it. His eagle can't stand it. And he won't do it. And that's the facts of that. And so until Al goes where he has to go, we're stuck with what is, brother, and you and me won't be talking about the Raiders at the dinner table at Thanksgiving until I have to scream out, turn that shit off while we're playing the Cowboys. And that is that. Thanks for the call, brother. We have the Virginia Raider. Tell us like you see it, man. I need it. (laughs) What up, Raider Nation? going on it's the Virginia Raider uh yesterday was more of the same shit that we get every single week man I mean I don't know I got on the the chat room with all my other Raider Nation podcast brothers Raider Greg Blue Tang uh New Jersey Kev uh, a few others showed up and uh had some fun there I didn't really want to watch the game I didn't really want to listen to the game I gave in and listened to the game on my series and uh, watched the game on the Internet. and They played all right. I mean, Jamal Castillo is the worst quarterback in the NFL. That's what really hurt our chances of winning. But I don't know. This this team, the way I feel about it is we came out yesterday in a fist fight with our bully, and we were actually winning against our bully in the fist fight. And come to find out in the end, the bully was just playing around and punches us in the nuts and laughs in our face as he's walking away and wins. I don't know. Obviously, the season's over. I mean, it's all just watching the games and listening to the games and talking about the games. is just for shits and giggles now. But, hey, still a Raider. Always will be. I'd like to see it succeed no matter what, but... We'll see how it goes, my brothers and sisters. I'll holler at y'all later. Peace! Well, we were all in the same boat, not wanting to watch the game and real skeptical. And, oh, what a nightmare. Every game is just a stomach-turning, mind-twisting nightmare. And uh, it's just the way it is. 
And if we're going to make the, we got to win the next eight in a row if we want to go anywhere. Isn't that funny? I think that's freaking hilarious. And even that doesn't guarantee us crap. Uh, so, <laughs> like we will go the next eight in a row, we won't do it with just Slacko. That's for doggone sure. Uh, thanks for the call. Yeah, the rest of the season, we just got to watch and see uh, the good plays. Like I said, the good plays and the good tailgates, the good beer. You know. That's what I'm saying. I got a bunch of season tickets here in my pocket that are just worthless. Couldn't give them away. How do you think about that? All right. Who's next? We have the Double X Raider from Georgia. Sing it, man. Sing that song. Hey, what's going on, Raider Nation? Raider Randy, Raider Greg. This is Double X Raider calling from Georgia. Hey, as as uh, we expected, another uh, another game down the tubes. Um, yeah, we were a little closer, but you know we're still a, a long ways off. You know, we're not about to turn the corner. But uh, not surprised. But what I was really calling about is, I guess we're going to be having a new head coach. This is what I is what I can foresee. I see uh, this issues with the. Uh, you know, with the calibration of the women, you know, that's uh, <laughs> obviously unacceptable. Even if it was 20 years ago, and if he had, uh, you know, if he had a choke and release program uh, a few months ago, uh, then, you know, he's pretty much done. You know, those are just nails in the coffin, man, you know, plus the records. You know, Al's not going to uh, hold on to him too much longer. So I think uh, it's going to be time for Cable to hit the road and, uh, and, and do whatever he does best, man. We don't know what that is because... Uh, he hasn't done it yet. But other than that, man, I'm just kind of, you know, seeing which way the, the Raiders flow. I think we need to sit Jamarcus Russell, as we said, week after week after week. Uh, I read one article and heard a couple people say in uh, good, of good uh, sports knowledge that uh, after last week's game against San Diego, Jamarcus Russell is now classified the uh, biggest bust since uh, the guy by the name of Ryan Leaf. <laughs> so, uh, what can you say? You know, you can't. There's nothing you can. You, you, you can't say anything. You you gotta say, yeah. You know what? You're right. And I and I think he is right. I think the guy is either the biggest bust man or he's the slowest quarterback there is in the NFL. And it's gonna take him three or four years to get his game together. Actually, not three or four years because he's already had three. And you know, he's still not improving. He's regressing. But uh. You know, what can we do, man? We're going to have to start all over again, you know, so next year will be another rebuilding process, you know, whether it's with the coaches or and some players. Uh, I don't think we're going to get any good coaches because that's just how, you know, how the, how the Raider Nation rolls, man. We can't get the real coaches that we need in here to coach the, the talent that we do have because we do have some talent, but we need a really good coach, a coach that's going to command attention from those guys, not a – a guy that wants to be, that has no no money in his wallet. You know, he has nothing to put his bark on. He can't say, well, hey, you know what, I'm a playoff coach. I'm a Super Bowl winning coach. I know what I'm doing, coach. You know, we don't have that, and we haven't had that in a long time. And I don't think there's too many more Grudens out there, even though supposedly he's willing to come back, him and Bruce Allen. Now, that would be a really good thing if Al was to – you know, swallow his pride a little bit and uh, let those guys back in the house. If they, if that is really true, that would be, I think, a huge, huge thing for the Raiders. 
And uh, I think that would turn us in back almost instant credibility around the nation and with the players. And I think we could get a more consistent uh, output, you know, within a year or two if we can get those guys back or somebody of that caliber. But, hey, that's about all I got, man. Keep up doing what you're doing, man. Uh, everybody loves the podcast. I love it, man. You guys have a good one. Peace. Well, who knows what lurks in the cellar of Alameda where Cable dwells. And, you know, the Choke and Release program is live and well there in Oakland. And who knows, maybe uh, he's going to be gone, but it doesn't look like it. It's already towards the end of the second week off and have no heard no rumblings of him being let go. Um, we're not looking at Sanjay Lau appearing as our head coach. And I don't really give a shit if Cable goes or not at this point. I say let him play the rest of the season and then get rid of his goat-smelling ass. Uh, Jamarcus, the same thing, but nothing's going to change here until we change management. You know that. I know that. Um, and the team will just flounder like it is right now. Each game, we have to take it each game at a time, each play at a time and enjoy the first downs, uh, rally around the defensive stands and move the fuck on. Cause that's all we have. We ain't got nothing but that. Thanks for the call, brother. We have an old friend on the line now. That's right. The Jersey Raider. With some wisdom, man. Listen up, turn it up, and listen very closely, because the man has a plan. Oh, my. Raider Greg, Raider Nation. It is me, Jersey Raider. It's been a while since I've called in. You know, I wanted to see the first eight games of the season. I told myself I'd call in the bye week and give my little analysis so far of our Oakland Raiders. And what have I seen? Well, I'm going to make this quick. First off, Al Davis has done a lot of things in the NFL, a lot of positive things over many years. But the fact of the matter is, over the last six years, you look at the myriad of coaches that we've had, you look at the number of players that we've had, the number of systems, yet... Two things are constants. Number one, we still continue to be the most dysfunctional franchise in the NFL. And number two, Al Davis has been the one constant throughout these last six, now going on seven years of ineptitude. And in essence, Al Davis either has to let people do their jobs and stay out of football business, or the man needs to be put in a nursing home. I'm sorry. That's just the way I see it. Second, we got to hire a GM. We've talked about this for years now. Somebody who knows football. Bring in a Bill Parcells. Somebody who can restore faith in the franchise and make free agents want to come here and actually play here and see that this is, once again, a productive football organization. Thirdly, we need to have Tom Cable put out. I mean, all these distractions. You know, I mentioned this back in August about the whole um, punching of his assistant and a lot of Raider fans said, you know, it's not that big of a thing. It's not showing dysfunction within the organization. Well, three months later, here we are still talking about this. And now we have women's groups trying to say that he shouldn't be a coach in the NFL. Which, if you look at it now, based off just his pure coaching and what not considering what he does off the field, you know, he really shouldn't be our head coach. Play calling is far too, far too predictable, and we need a new voice in there. Fourthly, the Marshall plan. John Marshall has to be able to coach his own defense. We saw what it could do against a very vaunted offense like the Eagles. If you notice, 
I believe the only team in the NFL to hold the Eagles below 20 points this season. Tell them to single digits. That should tell you something about the potential of our defense. Lastly, is there a director of player personnel? Is there somebody within the organization who can talk to these guys, who can talk to Russell, who can talk to McFadden, can talk to Darius Haywood Bay, you know, just to see where their head's at beyond the game, beyond the gridiron, see what they're, see if they want to be great. If you have a player personnel type guy who works with these guys who might have problems outside of football, off the field, maybe there'll be better football players on it if you know these things are figured out and they have someone that they can rely to. I don't know, maybe an older figure, uh, something like that. Just somebody who these guys can talk to and get their head straight. But I know it was a bit long, but Red Nation, it needed to be said. We just got to stick through it, and hopefully things will get better. But as always, Raider Nation, stay strong, stay proud. This is Jersey Raider, and I'm out. Very well said, my brother, as usual. Well put down. And uh, I got no arguments with anything you said. The Raider Nation, it's uncanny. Wherever you may be, has the same mindset. The big question is, why doesn't the Raiders management? Who knows? Who could possibly guess? Good call. Thanks for it, my friend. And another very good friend, good listener, Raider Jaime from Bakersfield. Sing it out, my brother. Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Raider I'm calling out of Bakersfield. Okay, I got on the on the podcast and I see that you only got uh, show 253. Um, I'm worried that I hope you haven't gone off air, man, because we need you, man. I know we're going through some bad turmoil, but we need you bad, Raider Greg. I don't, I don't know if you... If, you're just busy and haven't had time to get to it. But I just want you to know we need you, man. We love you. We need this thing to go on, man. So, you know, I didn't have time to call in this week, but I always listen to your podcast show because you always soothe that heart that we've gotten broken, you know, and you're our way through, baby. So we need you, man. And that's all I have to say about that. Just the way you say it, brother. I'll talk to you soon. I'm out. Wow, man, honestly. And I'm talking from the heart, brother. It gives chills to me, man. I'm telling you, thank you so much. Man, Randy and I thank you for saying that stuff. I mean, that call right there tells me and Randy that it's happening. And no, I'm not dropping it. You guys will know if I drop it. Trust me, it'll be a big deal. But, um... No, man, I, I had the flu. I was deathly sick. And Randy, I was going to do a show, but Randy said, don't do it because I could barely talk. But uh, here I am. I'm back. And I'm glad you're calling. And just those sentiments, man, I can feel it. And I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Randy does too. And, uh, hey, man, if I can make some ease on any of this squeeze we got going down <laughs> in Raiderland. That's what it's about, man. We got to hang with each other in the hard times. And thanks for the call, and thank you so much for the props, my brother. You know, right here, man. All right. We have the Uptown Raider. Well, let's hear what you got to say, my brother. What's up, Raider Nation? What's up, Raider Greg? Raider Randy? This is Uptown Raider. 
I just wanted to call. Uh, it's a bye week. Uh, I don't know if you're doing a show this week or next week, but one of the reasons why I wanted to call is because all this talk about any NFL team going to Los Angeles. Um, I just want to put my two cents in it. I seriously think if Al Davis is still alive, the Raiders will never move back to L.A. So if Al Davis stays alive, the Raiders will never go back to Los Angeles because Los Angeles doesn't want any part of Al Davis. So I'm hoping Jacksonville continues to suck so they continue to not sell out. So all this talk about Jacksonville Jaguars becoming the Los Angeles Jaguars happens. So I think the no city wants the Raiders right now. No city wants any part of Al Davis. Shit, even the Oakland Raiders don't want part of Al Davis. I mean, I, I surely don't. Not anymore. I mean, games past his prime. But he's the only reason why we're still in Oakland. And that's all it is, you know? So, Raider Nation, I'm out. Well, you know... <laughs> No, I don't think they'll take Al Davis because I don't think Al Davis is going to L.A. Now, they're building a billion-dollar stadium down there. And let me tell you, if you have a conglomerate of multimillionaires in one room and they're building a billion-dollar stadium, they're putting that much into it, they'll tell me, build it and they will come because that's some bullshit. You ain't going to spend that much money and not have an idea of who's going to be there. Now, Jacksonville's been on the radar. There's been some popping off about that. How many Jacksonville fans do you think are in the Los Angeles area? Ten? Okay, 25. I know there's over a million Raider fans down there. I know. You do the figure and you do the math. They put 30,000 in the seats every game at least. So with the right marketing and the right team, they'll put more in the seats. You know, they don't want to have a stadium that's empty the first, you know, year and a half, two years. Jacksonville's got to build a fan base in L.A., and that's some bullshit. I think Oakland Raiders are prime for Los Angeles, honestly do. The fact that we don't have an extension contract for the Coliseum in Alameda is a big sign. The fact that there hasn't been any communication about it is a big sign. The fact that Al Davis hasn't said anything about it, yet another big sign. And that is not the Raiders Coliseum that belongs to the county of Alameda. So... You know, Al's been wanting his own stadium for many, many years. If this is the way he can do it, I don't doubt that he'll sell the team to the conglomerate and they'll just move that team right down there because Al's son wants the Warriors. He's a Warrior fan. He ain't a Raider fan. His son is at every Warriors game, but I never see him at the Raiders game. There's a whole lot of reasons why they think that they're going to move for sure. And one of the number one one is... There's some sneaky bastards in that office. And that's all I got to say. I hate to, to break it to you, man, but hell, if they move to Los Angeles, that means I get a brand new 50-inch plasma and I'll never have to miss a game on TV again because they can have blackouts in L.A. Ain't going to stretch all the way up here, brother. Thanks for the call, man. All righty. Last call will be by. We have the incomparable, the tenacious, the ever-so-positive Crusader Raider, 
from across the bay, and I don't mean the bay in San Francisco, I mean the pond from London, England, traveling all the way here to see the Raiders versus the Chiefs. I'm going to try to get them out at Ricky's on Saturday night. I know he's not going. I know he wants to be with the mob, but we're going to try to change that plan as soon as possible because we got to be there before the pregame party because that's when the party happens at Ricky's. But yes, man, you are the man. And check that, man. Five times they've won one game. We got to win this game for the Crusader Raider, man. This cat is true blue Raider Nation. What do you have to say, my good brother? Hello, Raider Nation. This is Keith Smith, the Crusader Raider, calling you from London, England, and looking forward to our trip to the Bay this coming week. Uh, we fly out of London this coming Wednesday and uh, hit uh, Oakland about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, recover from a bit of jet lag, and then we're all set and going. It's myself and Dave Chapman that are coming over again. Five, five years in a row, boys. Four years since a win. <laughs> Six and a half thousand miles every time. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough call, but we love meeting up with all you guys. We've got a packed schedule this year. We're supporting three different charities whilst we're over um, in the Bay Area. Uh, on the Thursday, we're going to be supporting the Jeremy Brigham Make a Difference Celebrity Golf Tournament, uh, uh, supporting the United Mount Diablo Athletic Foundation. That's on the 12th. On the Friday, Friday we're going to be supporting Fred and Andrew Blitnikoff and all our friends at the uh, uh, Blitnikoff Crab Feed. And looking forward to seeing Randy and Juan and tying up with all our friends there and helping raise some money for the foundation. Saturday, we're going to be tying up with uh, uh, Chris Jones and the 66 Mob to support the, the work he does there for the homeless and making Oakland better Sunday game day when we're going to take down the Chiefs and I'm going to see my first victory for four years it's not going to be pretty it's not going to be easy but we're going to do it we're going to do it this year we're going to do it uh, and then on Monday night, we're going to be tying up with friends at uh, Ricky's. Uh, we've got some friends from the uh, UK who now are based in, in the Oakland area who are going to meet at Ricky's. And I hope as many of you guys can meet on Ricky's for some Monday night football and a get-together there before uh, Dave flies back home on the Tuesday. And then I fly down to Southern California for a week before flying back up again for the Bengals game. Guys, it's a packed schedule. We're looking forward to seeing you all. Uh, appreciate everything you do as, as ever. Um, not, nothing good to say about Raider football at the moment, but uh, um, Keith Smith remains optimistic as ever. Raider Mike loved the videos. Absolutely loved the videos. Had a chuckle, enjoyed it. And uh, just win, baby. And $60 million, you've got to laugh. You've got to laugh. Guys, looking forward to seeing you all soon. This is Keith Smith, the Crusader Raider, looking forward to his 6,500-mile journey from my castle in England over to Oakland and go Raiders. Check it, man. All the charities at him and Dave, they are great people, dude. If you cannot meet them, it is to your detriment. Wherever they are, when they come over, man, they are such cool people, good men, good hearts, uh, great Raider fans. I can't even say enough. I just, I love these guys when I see them. I'm sorry I'm not going to be able to get to the crab feed, but it, it it is a blast to be around these characters. One great laugh after another. Good hearts, good fans, and great friends. So be there. Try to be there with them. Uh, wherever they may be, they've given you, uh, uh, Keith has given you an idea where they're going to be. So be at the tailgate. Meet these guys, man. They are the real deal. 
one of my favorite group of fans, if not the favorite group of fans, uh, that come and they come over to Oakland, man, and they lay down the green uh, to see it happen. Let's hope it happens for them this week. Raider Nation, that will be it for this show. We've got eight more games in the second half of the season. Let's just hope that we play better, ever so better, than the first half of the season. Uh, Who knows? Maybe Jamarcus will break a leg. That's all I can hope for. (laughs) That's what I hope for. Any bone, really, will do fine. But uh, we got to get him out of there. I said Gradkowski or Charlie Fry should start the last eight games. Screw Jabusto. And let him sit on the fucking bench along with GHB. That's where they belong. They don't even belong on the team. But let's hope this team can put it together and scrape up a win against the Queefs on Sunday. We'll be looking for it. You'll be looking for it. Be there. Be at the tailgate. It's going to be one hell of a party. And then we'll go see the game. You know what I'm saying? This is Raider Greg. And I am out. Out.